is the difference between good, challenging training and over-exercise? After all, running for hours and hours training for long-distance events is definitely far more exercise than we need to be healthy and fit. But when is it really considered over-exercise? It can happen pretty quickly when we under-eat. Under-eating paired with high amounts of training will start to set off alarm bells in the body. One of the first things that the body will sacrifice in women is reproductive health. In this state, your body has decided there is not enough food for you as well as another life, so it prepares for survival instead of fertility. Once you've lost your period, consider yourself warned that you've crossed a very dangerous line for your health. And what you might not know is that this doesn't just happen to skinny people. You can be at risk no matter what your size, even if you have weight to lose. Welcome to The Planted Runner. I'm Coach Claire Bartholik, and my mission is to help you improve your running, your mindset, and your life with science-backed training and plant-based nutrition. Today, I'm talking with Cynthia Donovan, also known as the Period Nutritionist. She's a registered dietitian who works with women with hypothalamic amenorrhea to help them get their period back, restore their health, fertility, and find balance with food and exercise. Today, you'll learn why underfueling during running can be so detrimental, how to work with your body to train hard and fuel well, and how to reevaluate the image you have of an athletic body and what it can do properly fueled. Clearly, this episode is mostly geared toward premenopausal women, but the theme of fueling properly is critical to everyone, no matter what your age or gender. So please share this one with all of your running buddies. Don't forget to stay tuned all the way to the end of the episode for another Mental Strength Minute. Fortify your mind in 60 seconds or less. And now here's my conversation with Cynthia Donovan. Welcome to The Planted Runner, Cynthia. I am so excited to be here, Claire. Um, running used to be something I used to sort of do along with a million other exer exercise activities, but um, I'm very excited to be here with you and to uh, hopefully bring some knowledge uh, to your audience. Yeah, that's exactly why I wanted to have you. So normally what I do is I do an intro of my guest ahead of time. I just jump right in because the goal of my show is to get runners to learn something right away. But your story is actually really interesting. So I wanted to hear it from your point of view. So your story starts with just trying to be healthy, which sounds like all of us. But what happened? Yes, that's exactly what I was trying to do. And so I'm going to try to cliff note this and try to put it in a very uh, short time period because it probably spanned over, gosh, probably the end of high school to my late 20s. Um so, uh, yeah, I wasn't, so I'm a dietitian, I'm a, I'm a registered dietitian, um, it definitely didn't 
think that was the path I was going. I was actually going to be a physician's assistant. And then when I found out there was such a curriculum, I was like, oh, this is great because I'm already super healthy. Let me, you know, do this. So around the time of that happening, I used exercise as my stress relief, as my only form of stress relief. I was put on birth control pills at a rather young age because I had irregular periods. And so from probably about the age of 15, 16 years old up until late 20s, I was um, early to late 20s, I was on birth control pills. So um, everything that I'm sharing with you um, about my story, I didn't know when I had lost my menstrual cycle. So this is what my mm-hmm. pursuit for health turned into uh, a pursuit for finding my period and trying to uh, conceive babies. So I was just trying to be healthy. Like you said, the rest of us, I was eating quote unquote healthy, clean. Uh, I would call it before the 80-20 rule where 80% of the time I was eating lots of fruits and vegetables, whole grains, lower on the carb side because at that particular time, carbs were bad and scary. (laughs) And yeah, so very healthy, you know, and I was studying to be a dietitian. So of course I had to really, you know, fit that image. And I um, was exercising every day and sometimes twice a day. And my running involved, I ran a couple um, 15K races throughout that time. And there was no part of me, you know, I guess the part of me that was trying to be healthy, right? I was running to be healthy. But the deeper part of that, I was running to try to have this certain body image and to Mm. fit the health ideal of thinness, because we we all view that thin is always healthy, you know, versus sure. in a larger body. So um, over the course of that time, I was eating very healthy. I was exercising on the daily, if not sometimes twice a day. And, you know, nothing wrong with that. And so um, flash forward, I decided to go off the birth control pill because I'm like, well, I'm getting married. I'm probably going to want babies in their future. Let me make sure everything's working. Okay. And I always had this, this, this intuition, like, uh, I think I'm going to have trouble conceiving. I just, I don't know why Mm. I just had this feeling. And so I came off the pill, no period and went to the doctor. They're like, Oh, that's okay. Like that's normal. Oh, okay. No period is normal. All right. And I mean, at the time I didn't, I didn't learn about menstrual cycles. I just knew that women get a period every month and that's what they're supposed to do. And so, um, after a good, almost five years, I finally um, had a doctor tell me, oh, you have something called hypothalamic amenorrhea, HA, Mm -hmm. Um, could also be known as red S, so relative energy deficiency in sport. And um, I said, oh, no, no way. I can't have that. There's no way. And so over the course, though, Claire, of of that five-year span of trying to figure out what the heck was going on with me, I was also diagnosed with polycystic ovarian syndrome, also known as PCOS. And so misdiagnosed and many women Mm. with HA, unfortunately, are misdiagnosed with PCOS because what happens is these follicles accumulate in the um, 
the ovaries and they look like polycystic ovaries. And so doctors just slap a Band-Aid on it and say, you have PCOS. And so what this often does to people, Claire, is that it will drive them deeper into hypothalamic amenorrhea. And I'm just going to use HA for short because it's a mouthful. Yeah. And so that's what happened to me. I drove myself deeper because I was trying to control this PCOS. And so when I finally received the appropriate diagnosis, uh, I was like, no way, that doesn't sound like me. Because when I was in school to be a dietitian, women that had HA were women with super low body fat that right. had eating disorders uh, that were, you know, maybe Olympic athletes or dancers or, you know, triathletes or maybe marathon runners um, that had really low body fat percentage. And I didn't fit any of the bill. So I'm like, no, this can't be me. Well, after much research, um, I found out that it was me and I did in fact have HA. Uh, so I ended up, because um, it took me five years to figure this out. By that time, I think I was maybe 30 years old. I said, well, I don't want to be any older to have a family. I don't know how many kids I want. And so I ended up seeking fertility treatment. Um, and luckily, I was also at the time doing the HA protocol, which is eating more and resting more um, after uh, a few, um, I don't know if you want to call them trials or rounds of fertility treatment, it finally worked. Um, mm. But it's something, fertility treatment is something women with HA will have to undergo if they don't correct the underlying reason, which is the energy deficit. And so at the time I was in the midst of correcting it, but um, my body still didn't want to respond to the fertility treatment until my body was more properly fueled. So that's it. And I guess in a very sort of nutshell, I'm sure there's many details that'll come out in our, our conversation. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. There's there's lots of things that I want to talk about there because, you know, when I think of reds, I you know, I think of people who are really competitive and who are under fueling for their activity level. And yes, body fat, low body fat sometimes comes into play, but I work with athletes, you know, all over the scale range who are under fueling, even though they might, you know, have more body fat than somebody else. But I think that this is kind of eye opening for some people to hear because, you know, <laughs> marathon running or training for a marathon in a lot of definitions is actually over exercising. So, you know, I think people are going to hear this and be like, whoa, am I doing something wrong? So, you know, can you kind of address that? Absolutely. So you are doing nothing wrong unless you're under fueling. And so I'll share an example of a client that I had that used to run marathons. And, um, when she found out that her, her missing period was a problem because she was on birth control pills. So FYI, if you're on birth control pills and you're getting a regular cycle, it's not really a real period. So unfortunately, you don't have any indication if you're missing your period unless you lose your period on birth control pills. And that's a pretty severe form of HA. So, um, so you don't know if you're on the pill. And so she didn't know for a while. She ended up coming off the pill, no period did the whole rigmarole like I did. And um, then she decided after we somehow crossed paths, um, she's going to eat more and rest more. And so she got her cycle back and then she got back into marathon running and she is fueling adequately and getting a regular textbook cycle while she runs marathons. Um, mm -hmm. I can't remember how many she's doing a year, but I know she's back to marathon running. So it's not the fact that 
the marathon running is the 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 bad thing. Um, it is how you are properly fueling your body. And you might say, just like you said, you work with, um, you know, ranges across the spectrum. And if you have, you know, a higher body fat percentage and you're not losing weight or you're quote unquote at a higher BMI, it doesn't mean that you're adequately fueling. So that's the thing. It comes down to the food intake. Can you run marathons and have a regular menstrual cycle? Absolutely. As long as you're eating enough to support that energy output. So uh, having a regular menstrual cycle, that's obviously the canary in the coal mine. But, uh, you know, a lot of us are on birth control, whether it's the pill or the IUD. You know, we don't we don't have this indicator. And and frankly, a lot of us are happy we don't have that indicator all the time. Periods are messy, inconvenient, annoying. They make us feel sick. You know, having a period is a giant pain you know, and literally for many, many women. And so, you know, we might choose to be on birth control to not uh, honestly not have to go through that. And, you know, and so are there, are there other indicators other than a regular menstrual cycle that we are feeling correctly? Absolutely. And so I just want to say, I totally hear that, Claire. Like a period is not the most convenient thing. Um, no matter what you do, um, it, it isn't, right? So I'm just going to put that out there. And I'm also going to share after, you know, is there any indicators, the, um, the very important health benefits that come along with having a period, or I guess like the, you know, health disparities that could come along with not having a period. So if you may not know your your cycle is regular or not, and they're trying to push, um, there's a doctor, I'm actually recording a podcast with um, next week, Dr. Schufelt, she's out of the Mayo Clinic, and she's a, a women's health researcher, and she is pushing for the period to be one of the the vital signs. Because mm. that is, it is so dependent on not only your energy levels, but your your stress levels and so many other things that it's not even being talked about. It's not being talked right. about unless you're at your OBGYN. It's not being talked about. And I can tell you, you know, for me, Claire, I have a regular textbook cycle. I'm not on any forms of um, hormonal contraception or hormonal, um, you know, stuff. But I had a cycle um, that it was a day late. And I'm like, whoa, what's going on? Like, what's going on with me? And then I noticed that I had a very large amount of stress happen a couple days before my ovulation. So um, anyways, going back to that, how would you know? So injuries, um, injuries Mm -hmm. are a big thing. So if you're being injured a lot, so that could be meaning your bones are breaking easy or, you know, you're tearing stuff easy. Um, If you're tired, Um, if you're cranky or just, you know, overall just unpleasant to be around, um, (laughs) if you're constantly thinking about food, if you are sort of obsessing around food, um, if you have a poor relationship with food, like I can't eat this, you know, I can only eat that or like, this is bad for me. This is good. So I'm not saying that the bad and good mentality is 
a result of, you know, you having a potentially missing period, but those are some contributing factors um, or behaviors, should I say, that could indicate that along with mm-hmm. the huge energy output that you're doing with marathon running. Um, and, and most, I don't know if you could probably speak to this better, Claire, you know, are your runners only just running or are they doing other physical activity too? You sure. know, so there's the running on top of maybe the other stuff that you're, you're trying to do to, um, you know, strengthen. So, you know, injuries, I would say are the the biggest ones. You can also too get a bone density test. Um, Mm. So depending on your age, I don't know, depending where you live, your doctors might be like, well, we have to have, you know, some type of, you know, reason for billing insurance for that. So it may not be the easiest thing to do. Um, But I think the tiredness, um, but not always because, Here's what happens, Claire, when we are under fueling and not eating enough, we have a influx of stress hormones and those Mm -hmm. stress hormones can actually make us more energized, but it's not real Uh fuel. So the energy, like the lack of energy is hard um, to say because some women are like, I have tons of energy. Some women are like, I have no energy. Um, So it, it definitely differs there, but I think injuries is probably one of the biggest things. And then your sex drive, if you have no sex drive, the libido, like, I mean, I can tell you when I was under fueling, I'd be like, Ooh, like I don't, (laughs) you know? Um, so sex drive, um, that is another indication too. And I would say a big thing is just, you know, your, your overall attitude. And, um, you got to think of it this way. If you're under fueling, you're just, uh, I don't want to use I don't know if I can swear on here or not, Claire, but, um, (laughs) you know, just if you're a bitch, like if you're just like constantly on edge, because here's the thing, your body is not properly fueled. So your brain doesn't have the capacity to be anything but on edge because you're constantly seeking out your next meal, even though you're maybe not thinking of it. So it's, it's just a, you know, a biological thing of how our bodies are protecting us when our, our energy is, is very low. And when I mean energy is that you don't have enough food fueling. So that's, those are some signs, but it is really, you know, sort of hard to tell unless you are not, you know, on birth control pills. And if you lose your or pills or patches or whatever, um, if you do lose your your period on the pill or on the patch, that is a big red flag. You should not, unless it's a pill or some type of hormonal uh, regimen that you're not supposed to have a period on, then okay. But if you lose it on there, that's that's a huge, huge red flag. get back to the episode in just a minute, but first I'd like to share what has really been a game changer in my nutrition lately. Even though I run, I lift weights, and I eat a healthy plant-based diet, I've really been struggling with feeling really hungry during the day. You know the feeling, you're hungry or hangry, and that leads to way more snacking or eating way more at meals than I really need for my activity levels. But I've finally found the solution. Here's my routine. Up at 6 a.m., start the day off with a balanced breakfast and work in my office while the kids get ready for school. At 8.30, I'm off for a run or at the gym. At 10 a.m., I make a smoothie with Nurify Plus from Prevenex or I mix a couple of scoops into my oatmeal. With Nurify, I'm completely full and satisfied until about 2 p.m. when I'll have a late lunch. Then a healthy dinner with my family at 6 and I am done for the day. 
Yes, that is four meals a day, every four hours, but I have zero craving for a mid-afternoon snack and my energy levels are stable all day long. I'm also hitting my post-workout protein goals with Nerify Plus from Prevenex. You know that I am picky about nutrition and Prevenex only uses the highest quality, most clinically effective macro and micronutrients and nothing else. The protein is a perfectly balanced amino acid blend of organic yellow pea and brown rice, no fillers, nothing sketchy, and of course, it's delicious. I can't decide whether I like the vanilla or the chocolate better. And here's the cool thing. My friends at Prevenex are giving the Planted Runner listeners 15% off your first order of Neurofi Plus with the coupon code PR15. Head to Prevenex.com, use my code PR15 to get started today. Greetings from Evergreen Podcasts. We're rolling out a listener survey and we want to hear from you. The information in the survey will help us gather statistics and in turn make our shows more appealing to advertisers. I know most people don't like ads, but this is one of the only ways our shows make money and help keep their lights on. We promise it will only take a few minutes, but the impact on our podcasts will be tremendous. As a token of our appreciation, we'll randomly select one lucky participant each month to win an exclusive merchandise package from Evergreen Podcasts. Head to evergreenpodcast.com slash listener survey to help a show and possibly get some free stuff for doing so. We can't thank you enough for the support. Now back to the show. You know, this, the whole thing with fueling, under fueling, running, all of this, it gets really, really tricky because the vast majority of people, especially those who start running in their middle age, you know, or when they are adults, they start running for body composition. They mm. run to lose weight. You know, we have a massive obesity problem in you know, the United States and a lot of the countries in the world. And, you know, a lot of people are trying to find a way to get in better shape, lose excess fat, you know, and running races is a great way to motivate. It's a great way to feel accomplished. And it's a great way to lose some weight. I started, you know, trying to get in better shape. Um, but you know, in order to lose fat, you have to be in a calorie deficit. So where is that line? You know, where do you, where is it, you know, where, where do you cross the line between healthy weight loss and under fueling? Yeah. Where is the happy medium? That's, that's a great question. Well, I can tell you the line is ultimately overcrossed if you lose your period. We, I can tell you that. But where where is the happy medium is that you're trying to get in better health. You know, you are trying to maybe be more socially active. You know, I mean, there there's so many benefits to running even outside of the, the health benefits, the community and, and stuff like that. So I totally get that. So, you know, first I want to say you can be healthy at any body size. So, and you can also be unhealthy at any body size. So for example, you, if the majority of the world, if they happen to see a rather thin person walking down the road, chances are they're going to be like, oh, she's healthy. Like she's healthy, but we don't know. She could have a severe eating disorder um, that she's restricting and eating a thousand calories a day and working out three hours a day. Right. So we don't know that. Um, and you know, the same thing goes for someone in a larger body that they could be, you know, um, also 
unhealthy, but the general population is going to look at them and be like, oh, well, they're in a larger body, so they're they're unhealthy. You know, um, so it's it goes back to the body image um, mm-hmm. and going back to tying that health. Your health is dependent on your weight when someone at a very thin weight could also potentially be unhealthy. And when I say unhealthy, you know, women that are missing menstrual periods, Claire, with their lack of estrogen, it is increasing their risk of heart disease by a lot. Um, Mm -hmm. More and more studies are emerging on that. Um, And so the estrogen increases cholesterol levels. Many women, whether they're in larger bodies or smaller bodies and they have no periods, um, their their chances of heart disease are much higher because of how the estrogen is impacting um, cholesterol levels and, and so forth. So that's kind of just, I guess, playing a little bit of, you know, devil's advocate as, as far as size goes. Um, but the thing is that focusing on your relationship with food and your behaviors behind your choices versus I just need to lose the weight. Like, I just need to lose the weight and like, I'm going to be healthy because we can't, we can't say that for certain. Um, And so can we say that, you know, sometimes losing weight will make things easier for us? So for example, maybe getting out of a chair or something like that. But on the same token, you could have a, a, a woman who is in a, I guess, a normal body, you know, as society would say it, and has been under fueling and she now has osteoporosis and she can't get out of the chair. So um, that happy medium lies within what makes you feel good and are you adequately fueling your body and is all of your other health determinants in place? Do you have a regular menstrual cycle? Is your heart health good? Um, Are you... um, you know, having a happy, healthful life? Do you have good relationships in your life? Um, For example, a woman that's missing her period that has no libido, her partner, uh, (laughs) let's just, you know, so. And then also too, a woman that's under fueling, um, chances are she may not be as much fun. She may not be letting loose to go out and have fun with her friends and to really live her life. Um, So, you know, the it's individualized. Um, am I a um, am I against weight loss? No, I'm not. But I'm I'm more pro. Let's figure out what your relationship is, your your behaviors behind your mm-hmm. choices, um, because you know you could do all that weight loss and still be stuck in this mind of yours that's driving you crazy about how you look. And then you know we could get into body dysmorphia, and that's a whole nother thing. Um, So, you know, knowing that I can come from a side of, I have never been in a larger body before, um, but I was unhealthy. I wasn't getting a healthy menstrual cycle. I couldn't get pregnant for God's sakes, you know? So it's, it's, it's a lot and that we cannot base our health based, uh, based on our, our size alone. Yeah. So I think those are all really, really good points. I, You know, I'm going to push back just a little bit on some of this when it comes to performance, though, because there are a lot of people who who aren't necessarily elite athletes, although we do see it on the elite end, but people who are very competitive recreational athletes, they do everything right when it comes to their training. They want to shave off 30 seconds off their marathon time. You know, they are doing 
every tiny little thing possible to um, to perform their best. And, you know, it does actually take sacrifice, like skipping, you know, girls night out on Fridays and sometimes, you know, making some social sacrifices that some people would say, are you really being healthy? And and it does take a lot of attention to exactly what you're putting in your body every day, which some people could say, well, that's orthorexia or that's unhealthy. But, you know, it's a trade off sometimes, not all the time, but sometimes to get your best performance. So, again, it's like, where is that line? How do we know when we're crossing it? Yeah. And that's a great question, Claire, because, you know, performance versus aesthetics, right? So two different things. So if you're going for performance, I'm not saying, oh, well, that makes it okay, Cynthia. You know, you can lose your period for performance. No, I'm not saying that. Um but what I'm saying is, what are your intentions behind it? Mm-hmm. And do you have an off season? Are you taking a break? Are you giving your body a rest at all? Yes. Are you just marathon running from, you know, the age of 18 to 65? Um, you know, so do you have an off season? That's important. Um, and giving your body the proper breaks. And yeah, there's going to be what I like to call seasons in your life where maybe you are a little bit more strict and maybe regimen, maybe you have to miss girls night out or whatever, all because, you know, you are a true athlete and that is, you know, something that is based on your performance, based on your performance, you know, um, and not again, you know, aesthetic reasons. Um, And, you know, I get sometimes, People have to do aesthetic types of things to get better performance. Um, But at the same time, we have to also think of if we do these aesthetic things now, is that going to hurt my performance later? Mm -hmm. So, you know, keeping that in mind as well. I mean, I've had Olympic athletes reach out to me pre-Olympic and, you know, very competitive and saying like, I can't like my coach doesn't see a problem with this and, you know, that their period is missing. I know. And Mm. that um, I don't know what to do. Like, this is my career. And I'm like, I I totally get that. But here's the thing. If you don't do the work now, your career likely isn't going to last as long. You're going to become injured you know, sooner rather than later. Um, so yeah, so it's a, it's a, it's a hard, it's a hard toss up, but like I was mentioning to you before, Claire, not only, you know, heart disease, infertility, osteoporosis, those are like the mm-hmm. biggies of a missing period. Um, so trying to see where are you at in your season of life, season of training, and are you giving your body not only proper intake and fuel, but proper rest? Because even mm-hmm. if you are getting a regular cycle, your body still needs rest at some point. Right. Sure. Sure. You know, one argument that I have heard um, when it comes to, you know, we should have a regular period all the time is that we were actually evolved to be pregnant most of the time. Right. You know, we weren't supposed to limit the amount of babies that we have. Uh, And of course, in modern societies, most most women choose how many babies they have, hopefully. Um, But, you know, we weren't meant to just not be constantly barefoot and pregnant. So the actual having a a monthly period is actually abnormal. What do you say to people who say that? So I would say they were able to get pregnant. So if they were able to get pregnant, that their body is in, if you want to say homeostasis, equilibrium, working at optimal levels to support a human life. Right. Mm -hmm. So we have to think what happens. The reason why we lose our periods um, is because 
we cannot, we should not become pregnant if there is not enough fuel and safety around. Mm-hmm. And so that's that's the thing with that. Our bodies are so smart that they're like, you can't sustain another human life. There's no way. Like it is, things are really bad around here right now. There's not food, right. you know. So, you know, to say that, you know, someone that it, it should be pregnant all the time. Oh gosh, <laughs> that'd be so crazy. But I know that used to happen, um, yeah. you know, constantly pregnant, but their body was ovulating. Their body was working at optimal levels. But then again, you think back then, you know, like there wasn't the stressors of everyday life. There certainly wasn't marathon training, you know, right. back then. Um, but, you know, thinking that if you are able to get pregnant, in most cases, your body is working at some type of a homeostasis or, or equilibrium, whatever you want to call it, optimal place. Um, so I guess that that would be my response um, to that and that mm-hmm. everything else is, you know, she's has healthy estrogen levels. And so her heart health isn't, you know, affected. Now, of course, there's genetic stuff involved with heart health and stuff like that. So I can't always say that estro- lack of estrogen, um, but there's a lot of um, a lot of not so much uh, talk around heart health with women um, and especially with missing periods, which I hope to see more of. Um, mm-hmm. in the future. So, you know, a woman, an athlete who has lost her period and decides to um, get some help, what are the first steps to getting it back? You know, I feel like sometimes it's kind of like an injury. We go to the doctor and our foot hurts and the doctor says, well, no running for six months. And that is like a death sentence for a runner, you know? Oh my gosh. What, yeah. it, it, you know, so are we going to come to someone like you, a registered dietitian and say, what do I do next? And you're going to tell us, sit on the couch and eat Doritos. <laughs> no, 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 I won't. I won't. And, okay, and that's good. unfortunately clear. That's what a lot of people think. Um, like, okay, I just need to give up all exercise and like, just eat bonbons and Doritos and fast food and, you know, right. all the things. Um, so, you know, are there women that take that approach? There, I think there are. Um, <laughs> my approach as a dietitian and a HA specialist um, is not my approach. Um, and so I'll just, I'm not going to go too much into my approach, but kind of share just general um, ideas um, of how to do this. And just like you said, Claire, y- you sort of want to treat it as an injury. Um, mm-hmm. Like, and is like sucky as that sounds. Um, and here's the thing if you go to your doctor, I would say nine out of 10 times your doctor is going to be like, oh, you don't have a, a period? Well, just go on the pill. Like, no biggie. That is not the answer. That is a Band-Aid. Mm-hmm. And you might another thing that comes up is, well, I heard the pill protects your bones. If you are not fueling adequately, it does not protect your bones. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's no magic pill out there that is going to help you if your period is missing. So the magic lies within you taking a break. From running. Um, and I'm not saying a permanent break. This is a temporary break. And for how long? It's going to be up to your body. Um, so intense exercise needs to kind of be put on hold. You can start to fill in with maybe lower intense exercise and also being careful of the frequency and duration of the low intense. So if you're like, okay, mm-hmm. I was running marathons and now I'm going to walk seven miles a day. No, we have to build up this energy. So think of it this way. Think of it, if you are missing your period, you are in an energy deficit. So each um, each day you're running, we'll just say five miles. And we'll just, I'm going to use calories for context. You're burning 500 calories. 
your body also needs to breathe it needs to heartbeat you know all the activities of daily living you also work so you're expending maybe another we'll just say 1500 calories so a total of 2000 calories a day is your budget of what you um, need for food okay so here you are only eating we'll just say 1500 calories 1800 calories so you're constantly throughout all those days and years in this deficit so you're literally draining your bank account so you have a negative energy balance so then you're finally like okay well i am going to eat more and rest more and so you have to think of it as you're still going to work you're still you know your heart beating your lungs are breathing so you still have these daily expenditures of calories that you need but then you also have to fill that bank account back up of that deficit. And so you're likely gonna have to eat more than you're comfortable with, which is hard because now you're resting more, right? Mm -hmm. And so it's a big mind F. And so, but the thing is you are doing the best thing for your body by fueling appropriately and giving your body the rest so that instead of continuing to marathon run and just eat more, you're never gonna get that energy deficit out of the negatives and into the positives, if that makes yeah. sense. Yeah, um, it, this is, but this advice I gotta tell you is terrifying to people, especially who have worked really, really hard to get in the best shapes, shape of their lives. And they're course. super proud. And, you know, they'd have had diet mentality since they were 10 years old or whatever. And, and now all of a the sudden they have to give up their the identity opposite. and yes. do the opposite and go back potentially to, you know, a body that they weren't happy with. Yes. You know, this is super, super tough. It is, Claire. It is so tough. It is literally one of the toughest things out there, um, you know, aside from, you know, other life issues that happen, but within yourself internally, the identity component. Yes, it is huge. And especially too, if you, you know, you're a marathon runner, you're running these races with other people, your communities there, your friends, your spouse, probably your partners. Mm -hmm. So it's like all around you. And so it is hard. There's not, I'm not going to say it's easy. I'm not going to mm -hmm. say it's easy, but what you have to consider is your true health, your true health, not the way you look on the outside, because what you appear on the outside is not your health and it isn't who you are as a person. You're much more than what you look like on the outside of your body. And I could say that speaking because I was a woman that thought the outside of her body was who she was. Mm -hmm. um, and it wasn't until I had health problems, lost my period, couldn't have babies, couldn't procreate. And that's, you know, when things flipped and you might say, well, I don't want to procreate. Well, like I said, you know, or I've already procreated, you know. I'm so, done procreating. That yeah, is for yeah. sure. <laughs> same, same. Um, and so you might say, all right, well, again, your heart is at risk. Your heart. I was having a conversation with a nurse anesthetist that I knew. And um, he's like, and I was explaining to him what I did. And uh, he's like, you know, he's like, I had this like 80 year old woman. She appeared so healthy because she looked healthy. And she had the worst, like it, they were doing, I think, open heart surgery or something like that. And they couldn't believe her heart health. And so I explained the, the connection with estrogen and heart health. And he's like, whoa, like that's, mm -hmm. that's pretty mind blowing. So there's your heart health. And maybe what's happening to you right now, you're not being impacted by, but eventually, so we have the osteoporosis, we have the heart disease, we have cognitive disorders that they're showing. Mm. Um, and so considering what is what is health to you, defining that, 
also defining who are you? Are you just what you appear on the outside? Or are you much more than that? What are your core values as a person? What is most meaningful to you in your life? And maybe you've never explored this before, and that's okay. And so, you know, hearing this for the first time, if you're, you know, listening to me and, you know, Claire for the first time, you're like, oh, whoa, this is like a, oh my gosh, you know, kind of thing. You don't have to like, you know, close this podcast right now and just go eat more and go rest more. Think on it, do your research, feel comfortable with it. Um, Because if you're not ready to make changes and you start pushing yourself to make these changes, it's just going to blow back, you know, in your face. And so having those considerations and, you know, treating your body with love and kindness, because, and I know I sound like a little, like, (laughs) like, who is this girl talking about loving your body? But like, literally, it's great. (laughs) We only have one body. And if you truly, truly love running, you truly love running for everything that it is, then you will take care of your body. You'll want to take care of your body. Mm-hmm. I, I think that is so great because I also think that people need to re-examine their relationship with running too. You can love running for a lot of reasons. Running is amazing, right? But I think a lot of runners fall into a competition trap or or a FOMO trap. Everybody's racing. I should be racing. You know, I definitely was very, very competitive to the point where I don't compete anymore because it wasn't healthy, you know, yeah. all the time for me to be so competitive. It, it wasn't good for my mental health all the time. So, So, you know, sometimes this is the sign that we need to be like, wait a second, why am I running? Am I running because I love it or am I running away from something, (laughs) you know? Yes. And that's so true. And I'm glad you brought that up, Claire, because when I was in my depths of like what I thought wasn't overexercising, but really was, I was running a ton. I was crossfitting. I was totally running away from everything (laughs) that was going on in my life. And I was using it as stress relief, you know, and that's another thing too. And we do, we do use it for that. And it's okay, but it can't be your only form. It cannot be your only form and it cannot be your form of stress relief if your period is missing, because what you're not seeing on the inside is that you're increasing your stress hormones, causing your sex hormones to go lower or remain dormant, um, thus impacting your health overall. Mm-hmm. So can we be, um, quote unquote, overweight or, or even gaining weight while having HA at the same time? Absolutely. Yes. Yes, you can. Mm. And, and you know what, Claire, I was just thinking as you asked that question that I never came full circle of what you would have to do if you did lose your period, which is, I'm going to be very basic here. <clears throat> Eat enough for your body, rest enough for your body and work on your mental health stress. So very broad, but there's a lot of layers behind all that, like Mm -hmm. you said, the identity component, but recircling back to, you know, that about anyone at any body size could have a missing period and Mm -hmm. the bodies are smart. And so give you a quick example of me. I was quote unquote, normal borderline overweight BMI when I lost my period and, um, I would have never thought because of all the research that I've done, the college I went to, you know, all the things. And I'm like, no, 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 like this can't be. And what happens is your body gets smart and holds on to all of that weight and all that body fat for survival. Um, So just so calories in versus calories out doesn't always um, work that way. Right, right. 
Excellent point. So, you know, a lot of people that I work with uh, lose their period for a very different reason. (laughs) They are going through menopause or about to. And, you know, a lot of women are actually happy about this because it's very liberating to finally be beyond that stage. A lot of people aren't because it comes obviously menopause and perimenopause, postmenopause, all of that, that whole stage of life comes with a lot of other symptoms. But anyway, we lose that signal. We lose the canary in the coal mine, you know, uh, as far as if we're healthy or not, it's not there anymore. So what is your advice for competitive women in that age group? Yes, because that that vital sign of your period isn't telling you quite if maybe you're fueling adequately. So I'm going to go back to the injuries, right? The injuries again, your energy levels. um, And again, that's kind of touch or go because if you do have high stress hormones, you might have a ton of energy. Um, and also to sex drive again, but that could be kind of wishy-washy too, because your hormones are changing. Mm -hmm. And also to those that are, you know, menopause can occur at different ages. I, I can't remember the the um, average age, but making sure your doctor- 51. Doc- 51, okay. <laughs> yeah. So making sure your doctor, if you're like in your late 30s, even early 40s, like you're likely not going through menopause, maybe unless your mom and your aunts and whoever did. Um, but don't take that answer from the doctor, especially if you are an avid runner, Um that likely you're not in menopause. So I just want to put that out there. But using, you know, the rule of thumb of, you know, sort of energy levels, um, injuries, um, recovery time. Um, and is your is your racing, um, you know, are you getting slower? Are you getting faster? Like what's going on with, um, you know, your training? And so, you know, those are some indicators. And, you know, aside from that, it's, it's a bit hard to tell. Um, but, you know, ruling on the thumb, if you, you know, are counting calories and you're running, you know, like seven miles a day, you got to be eating a, a fair amount of food. And I'm not going to throw any calculations out there because everyone's different height, weight, mm-hmm. body size, you know, how they metabolize food and all this stuff. So, um, but just making sure that if you are, you're, you're also living life. And if you are having to make sacrifices that you're not making sacrifices, you know, until you're, um, 90 years old in the nursing home, avoiding uh, cake and, and coffee with your, <laughs> your family, you know? So, um, so that I, I would say menopausal women, I don't particularly work with unless they're younger. And I'm trying to tell them like their doctor is likely maybe providing them with misinformation, even though I'm not right. giving them medical advice, just sharing you know, research and, and mm-hmm. so forth. So, um, so yeah, so that I guess would be in a nutshell, but for further, um, I can also share, uh, Claire, if you want some Instagram accounts that work with menopausal women. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. What an, after the show, um, you can give me those and we will put those in our show notes. Um, so yeah, I think that's actually a really kind of good place to sort of uh, wrap things up. I I love the idea that it is a vital sign that this is something that we need to take a lot more seriously. Um, and um, Cynthia, where can people connect with you? 
Absolutely. And then at first, I want to say, Claire, thank you so much for having me on here and helping get the word out about this because it is just, it's not talked about. So many medical professionals don't know about it. So I, you know, make it a point for myself to reach out to podcasts and other avenues so where we can make more of an impact on people um, and what, you know, health um, truly is. So where you can find me. I mostly live on Instagram. Um, <laughs> my uh, name is period.nutritionist. Um, and also my website is periodnutritionist.com. Sometimes I'll hop on TikTok a little bit, um, but mostly <laughs> on um, Instagram. And you can also find me there, um, period.nutritionist. Oh, and I have a podcast as well, Claire. Oh, <laughs> great. Yeah, so yes. and that is called um, the Period Recovery Podcast. So I just started that less than a year ago. So it's it's quite new. But again, one of my efforts to really get that information out into the world so that more um, women are aware. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for being here, Cynthia. Yes, thank you, Claire. And now it's time for the Mental Strength Minute. Fortify your mind in 60 seconds or less. Today's topic is why your why might not be enough. So often people say, remember your why when things are getting tough. Why are you running and training? What does this mean to you? And this can often bring you out of your temporary pain as you focus on the bigger picture. But what if your why is, I wanna be healthy or I run to feel good? Nothing wrong with those reasons, but those are not gonna motivate you to find your limits on a speed day or race. Come up with a why that inspires you to get the best out of yourself, like, I run because I like doing hard things well, or I run because working hard gives me a sense of confidence and accomplishment, or simply, I know a good workout makes me a better person and a better runner. Take a moment today to write down your whys and make sure they're really motivating enough. Thank you so much for listening or watching the Planted Runner podcast. Don't forget that your Apple podcast review automatically enters you in our monthly contest. One lucky winner will get a signed copy of the Planted Runner book each month of 2023. So head over to Apple Podcasts, leave a review, and you're automatically entered to win. Your reviews are the biggest factor in the success of this show, and I read every single one. Have a great run today. Hear Her Sports is a podcast for everyone who loves stories by and about women striving to improve and make a difference in their lives. I am your host, Elizabeth Emery, a former professional cyclist. In every episode, I introduce a female athlete or woman in the business of sport through a thoughtful conversation about who they are and the terrific work they're doing. My guests and I explore the glorious and frustrating issues in sports, history, equity, training, nutrition, and so much more. Join us for inspiration, for community, and for love of being a strong athletic woman.